Good morning. It's good to see everybody and welcome to Grace. I hope you got a bulletin as you're coming in. Uh, I will remind you that in the bulletin there you'll be able to follow along and there are some announcements, but we try to send those out ahead of time as well. Um, you don't usually get instruction on this, but be, be patient with us on the bulletin. Um, I told Christy and, and Sarah knows we're trying to, as we slowly come out of the pandemic, we used to sing more songs. We used to have offerings. We used to have things like that. And we're trying to get a bulletin that's workable for all situations so that each week we're not trying to either cut out, add things in, and get in there. So um, we're trying different things. But hopefully this will work. You'll be able to see all the songs that are in there. There'll be some room from sermon notes. We do try to make a large copy one. And I think she tried to do that even with this. The difference was it took out some of the, the notes. So if you need one of those, we have those out there as well. But let's begin this morning. Let me call us to worship. If you would, stand with me if you're able. And I'll call us to worship from Psalm 118, and we'll continue as the music team leads us into Build My Life. Psalm 118, this is the day the Lord has made. Everyone said, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. You may be seated. And again, let me welcome you here this morning. If you have an opportunity and you've never filled out one of these visitor cards, if you're here, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to contact you and to keep up with you. And if you at least give us an email address, you don't have to give us anything too personal. We can send things to you and you can stay up to date on all that's going on. For those of you who got the message, uh, I appreciate your patience with us. We weren't sure if we were even going to be able to get in. I appreciate everyone's help who came and helped with the parking lots and the sidewalks. But as you can see, uh, with all the wind and stuff, please be careful today as you're out and about. Take your time. Uh, the reason I say that is the food ministry this past weekend, because of the weather, we didn't have very many cars at all that came through. And Danny has asked me this morning to remind anybody that's willing, whether you want to drive or walk, we have a new building that's put out here in the parking lot for the food ministry. And we have fruit, breads, and goodies that are the kind of goodies that need to go. So if you like all kinds of fun, good stuff and bread, anyone like bread? Then, and fruit. But our point is this, folks, we've got to get rid of it. It's not going to make it. And so if you're here today after worship, if you're not staying for Sunday school, Danny will be over there. You can walk to it or you can drive right in front of it. And for those who are in Sunday school, you too can after Sunday school go. But they said we really need to get rid of that. But just please be careful in the parking lot again as we go forward. Uh, other announcements you will see, we did postpone the meeting. We did that mainly because we didn't want people thinking that I want to get there for the business meeting, even if their roads weren't clear or the things were dangerous in their own home. So thank you for being patient with us. We, we will meet next week for the business presentation. The elders will bring or the session will bring a report as an executive report. I know uh, Mike will be here from the deacons, and I know the trustees will be here. So it's going to be a wonderful opportunity for those to share with you what they've done this past year, what, what they plan on doing in the future, and uh, we want you to be a part of that as well. Uh, there is still Sunday school today. Uh, I know the, the weather delayed some things, but we're here. And so those of you who are not in Sunday school class, I know uh, Ken Abbott teaches a class downstairs, first and second Peter, I believe, right now. Is that right? And so they're downstairs in one of the side rooms. I'll be doing the pastor's class. We're dealing with finding our contentment in Christ. And then we have the ladies' class and all the youth and children's classes. And so, again, I want to remind the parents, if you have a first and second grader, um, we have divided that class up. And so Miss Stacy, my wife, will be doing the first and second grade. Why Kim and them will be doing the older kids as well. And so we appreciate the growth. 
but uh, if you would like to help in some way, please pray, because we are going to need help not only with teachers in those classes, uh, but we're praying for Phil and Karina as they are traveling right now, I believe in Spain, as they are praying about where God would have them serve in full-time missionaries, which means we also are going to need some people to help us in the preschool class, and so we're going to need some teachers in preschool um, as well. So please contact Nick or the office, but we need you to begin praying because we've truly been blessed with families and children, and we still want to go forward and be able to minister to them as well. So play, pray about where it is God may have you serve uh, here in the church. And then finally, let me say this. The men's books are still in the office. Scott is not here this morning, but he called and asked if I would please reiterate. Men, if you have not picked up your book yet, if you go into the church office, which is just down past the bathrooms to the right, they're on a little desk right there on a the lap. There's a stack of them. You don't have to sign or do anything. If you haven't got your book yet, please get one because we'll be starting not this Wednesday, but the next. And so it'll give you a chance to get in your book and start doing the study as well. Uh, so several things. There are other things you can follow along as you are when Christy sends out the blast. If there's anything you need more help with, please call the office and we'll be glad to help you any way that we can. So before I lead us in prayer, I want to talk to all the moms. If you're a mom, would you raise your hand? If you've ever been a mom, would you raise your hand? If you would have liked to have been a mom, would you raise your hand? My point is, Kelly has asked me, we have a new moms group coming up, and they're meeting on Saturdays, and it's not a mop group. I wanted to make that clear. This is not a mother of preschoolers. Um, this is not where you bring your kids and let them roam through the church while the ladies meet. This is a mom's class. This is whether you're raising preschoolers, whether you have infants, or whether you've had teenagers, or whether you've raised your children and now have grandchildren. This is an opportunity that the women's ministry is trying to go across the intergenerational boundaries and to say, women, we want you to help us. And so for those of you who've been spiritual moms, for those of you who've been adopted moms, for those of you who've been in systems awarded kids or you're helping grandkids, if you're a mom and you're interested, it doesn't have to be every week. There's not a big study. It's more of a devotional and a fellowship time and prayer for you to find support together. So if you have any other questions, right now you can call the office or get up with Kelly Schwastik. But she wanted me to just reiterate, is not just as many churches have a mother of preschoolers. This is for any mom who's ever been a mom in any way, shape, or form to help the moms as we have today. So we're excited about that as well. But let me lead us to the throne of grace. We're glad you're here again. And if you would join me in the Lord's Prayer at the end, you can find that inside the hymnal cover if you need that, where you can follow along. But let me lead us to the throne of grace. Heavenly Father, again, we say thank you. Lord, we praise you for the weather. Lord, we know it's within your will and that there's a purpose. Lord, we do pray for safety. We pray for those who will be uh, homebound, that we're able to minister to them and provide their needs in the meantime. Lord, use it as a time of service for your kingdom. And yet, Lord, for the safety as we've come to be able to worship, to be in the place you call us, Lord, not just to gather. Lord, help, Lord, help us to realize what worship truly is and what separates worship from other gatherings and what are the elements that you require of us in order to call it worship. Lord, help us so that our hearts and our minds will be fashioned to realize we're not just gathering. We're not just here to do what we want. We're not just here to, to fix our own likings and to please our own desires. Lord, help us to truly worship, to let us worship through giving, through partaking, through singing. 
through listening to the word. Lord, that we can gather together in what separates this crowd from every other crowd is that you are the center, that you are here to fill us, your Holy Spirit to lead us. And Lord, we want you to get the praise and glory for it. Lord, again, forgive us of our sins for all the times that we have fallen and failed. We've turned our backs and we've transgressed. And yet we know it's only through your son who has died on the cross for our sins, has now torn that veil in two so that we could come together personally, praying as you taught us, saying, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you to look with me in your bulletin where it says confession of faith. We made to the end of the shorter catechism. So let me read the question and then let's respond together. What do we pray for in the sixth petition? In the sixth petition, which is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray that God would either keep us from being tempted to sin or support and deliver us when we are tempted. What does the conclusion of the Lord's prayer teach us? The conclusion of the Lord's Prayer, which is, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Teacheth us to take our encouragement in prayer from God only, and in our prayers to praise him, ascribing kingdom, power, and glory to him, and in testimony of our desire and assurance to be heard, we say, Amen. Our call to confession comes from Matthew 5, and you'll hear in a moment how high the standard really is, and it brings us to our need for forgiveness, our need for Jesus. So listen as I read. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. God doesn't lower the standard. He keeps it the same, even, even though we are sinners. But it brings us to the cross. But let's come confessing our sins by using the prayer which is for you in the bulletin. Let's pray together. Gracious God, you have given us the law of Moses and the teachings of Jesus to direct us in the way of life. You offer us your Holy Spirit so that we can be born to new life as your children. Yet, O oh God, we confess that the ways of death have a strong attraction and that we often succumb to their lure. Give us the vision and courage to choose and nurture life that we may receive your blessing. Amen. And again, God directs us in the way of life that we turn away from so often, but in love 
he sent his son for his people. So listen to the assurance of pardon from Colossians 2. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Our only hope is that Jesus died for us. And dear Christian, I encourage you to look to Jesus and trust in his promise. We can't save ourselves, but Jesus did that for us. And now he calls us to live a life of gratitude in him. Amen. You may be seated. And thank you for our music team and all the work they put into it. If you have never sung some of the Psalters before, there's actually a new Trinity Psalter hymnal where we get some of the Psalters from. And if you've never just sang the Psalms, uh, it's wonderful to hear how those are set to tunes where we can just sing the scriptures that come. I want to challenge you into Psalm 124. Our help is in the name of the Lord. That's our a psalm of ascent that we're going through now. And I want to challenge you this morning about the help that comes from God. I'm not sure where you draw your help from. We've said this before as we work through some of these Psalters. There's similarities and I don't want to hash out all of the same similarities in each one. But as we turn not only our eyes to the Lord to see him and to not turn to idols, we find ourselves also realizing that we turn to him for help. We don't turn to God many times unless we need something. Isn't that sad? Many times we find that the times we are closest to God are the times that we need most from him. And the psalmist cries out this morning and says that when we're in those circumstances, sometimes it's the more serious illnesses that remind us of the most important cures. You see, sometimes when you find yourself with the flu, no one goes to the doctor, comes home, and lets everybody know they had the flu. But when you go to the doctor and you have stage 4 liver cancer, it takes a miracle to heal. The same God that overcame the flu is not recognized as the same God who heals the cancer in the liver. You see, sometimes it's based on the severity of what we're going through as to how much we really recognize God and His involvement in our lives. I'm not sure where you are this morning, but I pray that you wouldn't take advantage of His presence or His protection and that you would realize that even when things are going well, even when things in life are going forward the way you want them, it's not the time to disregard Him and forget Him, but to praise Him even more because it's the same God who helps us through the good times is the one who came to us when we needed help in the bad. But for so many of us, we cry out when we're in need, and we go away when things are better. Well, the psalmist writes us here in Psalm 124 and reminds us about the presence of the Lord, the protection of the Lord, if you wish, and to praise the Lord, even in the circumstances of our life. If I can, let me read it to you, because sometimes we need to realize that we are on the brink of almost ending things and don't realize it. If it wouldn't have been for the presence of the Lord in our life, even when we didn't recognize it, just one more step, who knows where we've been? Just one more step, who knows what would have happened? You know, I wish I could promise you another week, another month, or another year, but for some of us, we're only one step away from being called home to glory. 
And so we need to make sure that we're praising Him, celebrating His presence, recognizing His protection. How many of you truly believe that He has given His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways? Well, I would want to add a little bit to that and remind you that it's not just the angels He's given you. He's given you Himself. If you can't find protection in the angels, find protection in knowing that God Himself is not only around you and about you, but within you to make sure your life is exactly what He wants it to be. So when the psalmist cries out, let me take you on a journey for a moment. It looks like this, Psalm 124. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, I'm sorry, say that with me. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. See, that's actually what it's telling you. Some of you did that. But you can see it lit, written right here. It's the duplicate. It's almost as if the, the song leader was saying this. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Now, Israel, listen to me. Now, maybe you're here today and the Lord's not been on your side. Maybe you don't recognize his works. Maybe you don't think God has been beside you all along. Maybe you think you've been doing this all by yourself. Maybe you don't even recognize what God's plan is in your life. And maybe you've just gone on and run ahead of yourself. But for those of you who recognize what God's doing, verse 2, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us. It is almost as if we were in a Baptist church. I tease people all the time. Is if he would have said, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, all in favor say amen. And you would hear it echo back. That's what the psalmist is writing. He's trying to get us to realize that, folks, this is important. For all of life, we must recognize his presence. If it had not been for the Lord who has been on our side, he leaves you hanging. See, eventually goes on and say this. When the people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us. And the flood would have swept us away, and the torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the name, if I could say that, the Lord. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from a snare, the fowlers. The snare is broken. We have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made what? Heaven and earth. I hope you believe that. I know we live in a world today in which the created world itself comes from many forms and fashions and beliefs about how, but if you don't understand the Creator's process in the beginning, you won't understand the Creator's process in your life today. It's the one who created everything that brings the assurance to what you're going through today. That there's no circumstance that you'll face that he isn't a part of and over. So I want to take you on a journey of what the psalmist is telling us. First of all, about his presence. Write this down. What is it in our circumstances that the psalmist is reminding us? That he is our help. And it is in our help that we remember his presence. That is why he reminds us that the Lord is on our side. It is his name, if you wish, that brings us help. Now I'm going to take you on that quick journey real quick. Because for many of us, our hearts have not been thankful in certain circumstances. We find it very hard to thank the Lord for things that we weren't expecting, things that we wish would not have happened, or how they fit in God's plan. But as we realize He has a purpose and a plan for everything, we find ourselves being encouraged at times. 
that sometimes the best things in the future for us require some things in the present to be uncomfortable. Sometimes the best things in the future for us require a present condition that is uncomfortable. I'm not sure what you're going through this morning. I'm not sure what your trial or your tribulation is or where your mind has you racing about how things are going to go forward and what you're going to do next or how you're going to make it through or why you ended up where you are this morning. But I will encourage you this. Don't forget if it hadn't been for the Lord on your side. You see, we don't realize sometimes that Romans 8 is very powerful. We talk all the time about being on God's side, but for somehow it's impractical for us to believe that God is on our side. We're always telling people that we're on his side. The truth of it is what really matters is that he is on our side. I remember when Billy Graham wrote in his um, biographies and the autobiographies that were about him and the things that went on in his life. If you truly know somebody, it makes a difference, not whether you know them, but whether they what? Know you. Do you see, the difference is not that you're on God's side. That's not what changes everything. Folks, you being on God's side does not change eternity. I've heard people say before that when people are baptized and are brought to the church, all of heaven has changed now because of what's happened. Folks, you coming to the Father and Him drawing you isn't what changes things. It's not you on God's side that gives Him power. It's not you on God's side that gives Him the ability to understand and to go forward. And it's the fact that He is on our side that changes our lives. It's Him and His power that's working in our lives, that changes us, not him. God never changes. So let me take you on a journey for just a moment about this presence. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. Just take a, for just a moment, let me run down a list of things that maybe this will help. If the Lord had not been on the side of Isaac when Abraham took him to the altar, just where would we be? If it had not been for the Lord on the side of Joseph when his brothers threw him in the pit and the caravan came and he was sold into the prisons. If it had not been the Lord that was on his side, just where would Joseph have been? Where would it have been if Judah and Tamar, when they got together, if the Lord had not been on Tamar's side as they wanted to persecute her, burn her at the stake for her sin? I wonder where we'd be throughout history of David and Bathsheba if the Lord would not have been on their side. What the punishment would have been. What about Joseph and his dream? What would have happened when Herod had set people out if the Lord had not revealed to Joseph where to go? Would not have revealed to Mary what was inside? You see, we could go down countless events throughout history. The psalmist will give us some specifics. But can you imagine what history would be like if God was not on our side? I ask you to think for just a moment this morning, what would your life be like had God not been watching over you, even when you didn't realize it? Just think how many times you made decisions that you're glad didn't turn out the way you thought they would. Think about all the times you were in conflicts with other people and they didn't turn out and resolve the way you thought they would. They lingered on. Things weren't the same. They carried on in, in future circumstances. And you finally realized that for the good, they worked out in ways you least expected. Do you credit that to your own good works? Do you credit that to your own hard work? 
your own mind, your own wit? Or do you realize all along, as the psalmist says, if it hadn't been for the Lord who was on our side? Oh, don't think that it's you being on his team. Claim Romans 8. Claim the power that says there's nothing that can separate us from God. We now have the ability to conquer all things, to be more than conquerors when God is on our side. It's his presence in our lives that help the most. I can't help but to think about the story of the woman at the well. I wonder where she would be had the Lord not been on her side. When every other person that she had been with, it took five different men to still not be able to find happiness or to be pleased or to yearn for something more. It took meeting people at the well, which was the place they gathered to find more people. I hope you understand that. I won't belabor the story. But she didn't go there to get water. We know that's not true. If she went there to get water, then why did she leave her pail? You see, it was also the watering hole where people would bring their camels. People would stop for drinks where men would be at the place. And she'd already been with several. And she was unhappy and she needed more. And if she was there at the well, when someone looked beyond her sin, beyond her unhappiness, beyond her unfaithfulness, it was there at the well that one was able to see beyond and beneath her brokenness and to say, but I do love you and I have a plan for you. But without me, where would you be? Oh, I know I'm not the greatest singer in the world, but just listen for a moment. Close your eyes. Don't stare at me. I'll get too nervous. Where would you be? The psalmist cried it out and he said, man, where would we be had the Lord not been on our side? John writes us and said, but without him, John 15, we would be what? Nothing. Do you remember the old hymn? The words back in the 60s after the war when people began to rediscover that more than just men had purposes in life. Changed all of family because of the industrialization, the need for workforce. The family lives changed. People realized they needed God more than any other time in their lives. The song came about. If you've sung it before, you'll know it. You're welcome to sing it. But it's an incredible understanding of where we are without Him. It goes something like this. Without him I could do nothing Without him I'd surely fail Without him I would be drifting Like a ship without you know the chorus. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Do not turn him away, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. Without him, how lost I would be. It wasn't enough. 
They went further. It wasn't just that things would be bad, but they would get worse. They wouldn't be worth life. There'd be no hope. And so he said this. Without him I would be dying. Without him I'd be enslaved. Without him I would be But with Jesus, thank God, I'm saved. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Do not turn him away, oh Jesus. Oh, Jesus, without him, how lost I would be. Isn't that amazing? It would change all of life that people would realize that even in the midst of war, even in the midst of the change of home and all that went on, he could be able to sing and say, listen, what and how life would be different if God were not on our side. We would find ourselves in hopelessness, facing death. We would be like a ship without a sail, all because we didn't realize his presence. It's not just where it stops. He gives us actual examples. I don't know where you are this morning, but if I were to say that to you again, where are you? Do you know him today? That was the beckoning call. Folks, back for 30 years, they would ask people, do you know him today? Don't turn him away. What you don't realize is not only is his presence there, but his protection is specific. Listen to what the writer says here in Psalm 124. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side when the people rose up, they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. You must understand the reference that this goes to. It goes clear back to Numbers, if you wish, back in chapter 16. Does anybody remember the story of Korah, the children of Levi, when they grumbled against Moses and Aaron because they were tired of their leadership and thought that someone else could be leaders? They even went to Moses and Aaron and said, look, we're all God's children. What makes you more special than us? And their anger began to get kindled, and over 250 people gathered against Moses and Aaron. And Moses called them out and he said, I'll tell you what, you meet me here tomorrow and we'll see who it is that the Lord chooses. And you know what happened? The same Hebrew words that are used here is the same word that is used in the story with Korah is when the people gathered together to confront Moses, God opened up the earth and swallowed them whole and alive. Do you remember that story? And yet that's what the psalmist refers to when he says, if it hadn't been for the Lord our God, we could have been swallowed up just like those who didn't realize back in the days of Moses and Aaron that God was protecting them. Oh, I'm not saying to be careful because the streets are going to open up and suck your enemy away. But what I'm trying to tell you is be ready. God has done miraculous things. 
We go through all the miracles of the New Testament, reminding people of how he's healed the lame, let the blind see, the deaf can hear. He's gone through and created all kinds of miracles and casting out demons, but we don't think of the great earth opening up and swallowing 250 people. That's what he's referring to when he says not only this in their anger, but listen, the floods would have swept us away. The torrents would have gone over us. The shataf, the overwhelmingness of it in the Hebrew. The only way you get this understanding is when the same words are used in the stories of Jonah. When he's on the ship and the waters are going to overwhelm him. And everybody on the ship is now going crazy because the storms are going to take them and overwhelm them. And Jonah goes overboard. It's also used with Noah in the flood. When the waters started to take over everything else. The psalmist writes and he says, if it would not have been for the Lord on our side. Let's just finish that statement. We would have been like everybody else outside the ark. If it had not been for the Lord our God who is on our side, we would have been like Jonah, cast to the deep, forced to trust in God alone. You see, the floods would have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us, and then over us would have gone the raging waters. It's a wonderful word there in the Hebrew. It's called gaon gal. It's a compound word together that's actually in some of your translations uses proud waves. Translates that as it goes on, they would be over us in the gone of the raging waters. These proud waves. Do you know where this comes from? The Gaon Gal. It's the same words that Job is you in Job in chapter 38, when God is reminding Job just who's in control. It's the story when all the frustration is coming out, and God, in a nutshell, I'll let you go back and read it, says this Job, where were you when I created everything? Where were you when I put the stars in the heavens? Where were you when everything was put into place and in action and everything was governed and everything was under control? Go back to Job 38. Just turn in your Bibles just back to the left a little bit and listen to this. These are the same phrase of words. Who determined the measurements of this world? Verse 5. Surely you know. Or who stretched out a line upon it? Listen to this. Who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed the limits for it and set bars and doors and then he said this thus far shall you come thus far and no farther and here shall your proud waves be stayed. It's the phrase that is used here when the psalmist cries out. What he's really saying is there's never going to be a time in which God and his creation, that's why it matters that he's over the heavens and the earth, because he controls them. They're not just put into clockwork. It's not just gravity as a law that came about. It's something created by God. It's not that our ships sail because we've come up with an ingenious situation. It's not because our planes fly because of something we've... Folks, we're only unlocking what it is that God's created. And every day we go on, we learn more and more about what God's creation does and how it suffices us in our every need. Job cries out to God and he even says this, 
You just tell those proud waves they can only come so far in your life. And then they'll have to stop. You see, not only did the psalmist realize God's presence, but he realized his specific protection. Maybe this morning you need to realize that God has specifically protected you. He has specifically reached down with his hands through his Holy Spirit, through his word, and he has protected your life even when you didn't realize it. Because there is a plan and a purpose for you. You may not even know what it is yet this morning, and you may realize, well, why would he do that to me? I would go back to the same thing they wrote in the 60s. Don't turn him away. Don't turn him away. There's reasons why God reveals himself to you. There's reasons why we understand his protections. There's reasons why he makes his presence known. Oh, don't turn him away. Whatever the wave that is crashing on, whatever the torrent, whatever it is that's going to sweep you away, realize that God, the maker of heaven and earth, has stayed those waves. They cannot harm you without God's permission to harm. He reassured Job that no matter what he has allowed Satan to do in his life, he has not allowed Satan to take his life. No matter what harm you're facing, no matter what situation you're going through, I'm not saying it's comfortable. I remind you at the very beginning, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then we would never face any frustrations. We would never go through hard times. We would never find ourselves needing help. That's not what it says. It says if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, then we would have not been swallowed up. There's no end. He's crying out for the help that is only in the Lord our God. He's crying out to the help. Why? Because we know of his presence. That's what I want you to realize. You can't call out to a God who's not there. You can't call out to a God for help who's not there with you. It's his presence that matters. What changes Christianity from all other religions is that we have a living Savior. We have one who has gone to be with the Father. We have one who has sent us the Holy Spirit. He is present within us. And for every need that we have, he's right there. It's not just his angels given charge over us. Every other religion has to beckon, as the psalmist said, the hills, the statues, the totem poles, the drawings, all that's been built. And then every time they go to another place, a different one. The psalmist says, know that the presence of the Lord is with you. Know that he specifically protects you. It's not just the general providence of God. He's there to protect you in whatever your circumstance is. To bring you the sure and full foundation and holdings of the heavens and the earth. And finally, he says, he's there in those circumstances for you to praise him. For you to praise him. I don't know about you, but when times are tough in my own life, Sometimes the last thing I want to do is praise him. The sinful side of me takes over. That pitiful side that wants to claim how good I am and what I've done and what we've accomplished and how I've spent my life trying to serve and how I've always tried to rise above what others have done and I've tried to turn the other cheek and walk the extra mile and give the extra coat. 
You see, it's real easy when things aren't going well to take the entire focus off of God and put it on who? On you. And then the only thing you can do is compare your life to others. And now you're envious. And now you're frustrated. Because others talk about the things they like going on. They talk about the things that they're enjoying. And you think that now you would enjoy it if you had that too. And all because we forgot about his presence. We didn't realize he was there to protect us. And lastly, blessed be the Lord. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures, what? Here below. Praise Him above, ye what? Praise Him, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. In the midst of the tragedy, the psalmist says, whatever it is, remember God's presence with you. Remember that God protects you. And remember He wants you to praise Him. Whatever you're going through, whatever the struggle this morning, Satan has not won. Do you know how I know that? Because you're here. And if Satan would have won, he would have had the victory over where you are, over where you go, and over, over whether or not you live. But God said, the waves have been stayed. The works of Satan can only go so far. The cross has hindered his progress. The works are only to discourage. And we are more than conquerors. Through Jesus Christ. Oh, I don't know what you're going through, and I'll say it again. The future sometimes is hard to determine why we have to go through present circumstances. But if you go to the Gospel of John, turn to the New Testament real quick. I'll share this before we close. John chapter 13. You'll get a chance to see. Sometimes we don't understand why. The psalmist cries out, I'm so thankful because if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, if it had not been for his protection that he provided, I would not be here to praise him for all that's happening. John chapter 13. Just listen. Before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During the supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, listen to this, Lord, 
Do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said this, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will what? You may not understand the trial today. You may not understand the circumstance of why God is allowing it. You may not understand how long it's going to have to go for God to accomplish His purpose. But just as Jesus told Peter, it's not for you to know right now, but one day you'll what? You'll understand. You will see that all things work together for what? For good. When we recognize His presence, trust in His protection, and through it all give Him praise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You that we are not without You. Father, thank You that we're not on the path of being nothing. We're not like a ship without a sail. Father, we're not on the path of hopelessness. Thank God, Lord, we're saved. And not only to eternity, but Lord, thank God that you're on our side through every circumstance. Lord, when we find ourselves being defeated by those around us, by Satan and his co-host of angels, the demons... Lord, help us to realize that the fight we fight is not just a physical one. It's a spiritual one. And thank goodness, Lord, you're on our side. I pray this morning, Father, that whoever's here, who has felt your Holy Spirit, who knows that you've been calling them in, who've realized that they're on a path to helplessness and hopelessness, that they too find themselves tossed to and fro by the waves of this world. That when they hear your voice, they not turn you away. But they cry out, Oh Jesus, Oh Jesus, how lost I have been. Father, we ask you to save them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you would receive the benediction... May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And God's children said, have a great Lord's Day.